0: Welcome to the Generation Y Podcast. We're your hosts, Will Intrican. And Gene Kelly. And if it's your first time stopping in and you're wondering what the show is, this is a show designed for young adults where we discuss millennial pop culture and how you can thrive as a young adult.
1: Because we know that young adulting is hard and we just wanna help. So we're asking the questions we know you're thinking and having conversations with people who know the answers.
0: On today's episode, we're joined by an ER doctor to discuss what's actually going on with the coronavirus and what we can do to help this global pandemic. This is the Generation Y Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Mirdad Etishami, who is an expert in public health. He is actually an ER doctor and has been dealing really on the front lines with this corona outbreak. And he's here to answer all the tough questions that we're not smart enough to answer, Mirdad, welcome to the Generation Y podcast. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm so glad you're here.
0: Disclaimer: Neither am I smart enough to answer. Oh, oh my oh. gosh! You have uh, you have two letters in front of your name that confirm that you are smart enough to answer these. Yes. Which brings us to our first, the most important question. Yes,
1: because because we're asking the questions. We're, look at me! I'm the captain. Look at me! I'm the captain. I'm asking the questions. I'm asking the questions now. Do you want to go? You want to go first? All right.
0: The most important question. I've got this thing on my back. <laughs> Anything I just need for to. You. I need to know whether or not I should be worried. That's it. Okay. That's all I need to know. Depends if I'm back there. You probably ought to be worried.
1: <laughs> okay, that wasn't a real question. So, so here's a real first question. Everyone wants to know. You're a doctor. Uh-huh. How much money do you make?
0: <laughs> wow. I was not expecting this. On the list we just wrote, make him feel uncomfortable <laughs> in the first minute. Okay. Let's get serious, though. If this happens to be our last day on Earth, which the, the chances of this being our last, it's growing. It's possible. Ever-expanding I truly want to know, you have 24 hours left, right? A pandemic corona crisis has happened. You have 24 hours left. Your last day on Earth. How do you spend your last 24 hours?
2: Ooh, that's a deep question. Um, I probably spend it at home. With my kids, hearing them laugh. Oh, mm. that's,
0: the that's best thing.
1: cute. I'd go to Harry Potter World. Because, <laughs> <laughs> who cares? I'm Your dying. You're a zombie. Yeah, I'm dying at the end, anyways. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's amazing. I I truly asked the question, but I have no idea what I would do. Um, what would I do? I'd spend every remaining dollar I have on on a boat, and then I would just see how far I could get. I would just like leave the coast of somewhere and just go. And see how far I could go. That's a good way to go. And then just like explore like new uncharted islands and things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a possibility. Okay. Reda, obviously you've got a background in public health and you're a doctor, you work in the ER, but what else should we know about you? Give us just sort of your background and credentials here.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, I am originally from Maryland, from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, let's go. Ravens fan? I am a Ravens fan. Okay. Yeah. Long story short. I went to Emory University and then I went for my bachelor's in science and neuroscience and behavioral biology. Oh, wow. With a minor in sociology. I got my master's in public health from Georgia State University with a uh, specialty track of uh, prevention science and policy, health policy. Um, did some work at Grady with health policy there. And then uh, my mentor said, You ought to go to medical school. I said, All right, cool, down. <laughs> Sign me we'll up. just, we'll just do up. it. And so I applied, and I got into one school. Uh, uh-huh. I got into the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Swanee. All okay. right. It sounds really weird, but it's there.
0: And did a residency in Columbus, Georgia, and here I am. And here you are. Well, hey, we really, really appreciate you being here today, just to shed some light on some of the situation that's going on from your perspective. If you live. On Earth, right now, you know it's happening. You know that there's a public pandemic health crisis that's happening, and you cannot leave your front door without seeing the evidence of it somewhere. Like it's everywhere. I mean, I thought Gene was crazy. Like, what was it, four days ago? Something like that. Is a strong not crazy. You know what I mean? That
1: I was that I was maybe buying into the hype a little bit. A little
0: too much. She calls me. She's like, I'm at Costco, and I just spent X amount of dollars. I was like, you did what? I was like, do you, did you buy a Volvo? Like, what did you do? Fast forward, literally 48 hours. And I was like, we need to go back. Like, we need to go back and double everything we got.
1: Well, and when I went, it was, there was like a a little bit of uh, weirdness in the air. Like, but it was slight. I mean, it was the middle of the day on a weekday, so it wasn't super packed. But people were starting to get a little nervous. There already was no toilet paper in Costco, only paper towels. Um, and a but nobody was super panicking yet. Fast forward to today, the pictures, the pictures from inside Costco, the lines are backed up like all the way to the back
0: of the Looked store. like Black Friday. They're
1: out of almost everything. And I was like, okay, we definitely played this right, I guess.
0: So take us back like two weeks ago, maybe like a week ago, like we had the perspective of seeing the world. In a certain way, outside of, yeah, you know... Yeah, basically
1: only what we've been told.
0: Right. You have a unique perspective of seeing the world inside some of this, as an ER doctor, inside the hospitals. Take us back two weeks ago. What were you seeing in the hospitals? So,
2: two weeks ago, there was... Uh, it was almost like people were laughing about it.
0: Right. And... Like making toilet paper jokes about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: making toilet paper jokes. You know, people were... <laughs>
1: but people but, were just making light of but it. But
2: people were just making light of it. And... I'm at work and I'm like, no, y'all don't understand. Like, you're not seeing the numbers. You're not seeing like they're not telling you what's really happening.
0: What what numbers at that point were you seeing that were so startling?
2: Well, what's what's troublesome to me is that people compare what's going on now with the Spanish flu epidemic from many decades ago. Sure. But you just can't do that. You can't, A, we're in the 21st century. We have airplanes, people. I mean, we're a very small world right now. And we will continue to be so. So we can't compare. And they're totally different viruses. It's just things are very different. So we can't compare. And then you have people comparing it, saying, well, the flu, the influenza of this past year was terrible. And this many people died and this many people got hospitalized and no one cared. Or they'll say, well, you have, you know, This many people die of a heart attack every year. Nobody talks about it. They're not fair assessments. You can't compare it. The numbers that we were getting out of China two weeks ago were that this thing is rapidly spreading. This thing is dangerous, uh, especially to our elderly uh, population. And uh, we got to take it seriously. But you don't know what you don't know. And so here we are two weeks later in the state that we're in.
0: So take us to today. What it, what does it look like inside your ER room in your hospital today?
2: So we've been getting, in my world, I'm getting emails once an hour, at at least once an hour saying, oh, protocol has changed. This is happening. These are the new numbers. Um, I mean, it, it's I've never seen it like this. Um, um, a lot of physicians were in the dark until a week ago.
1: Why do you think well. that is?
2: Um, I am a firm believer that people go the way that their leaders go. Yeah. This is kind of that situation. Like our immediate directors didn't know enough to tell us anything because their bosses didn't know enough to tell them anything because their bosses
0: may or may not have had gag orders on them. Um, What it felt like, To I mean, up until Wednesday night with the presidential address, it felt like President Trump was kind of just saying, hey, there's nothing to worry about. We're handling it all. Everything's fine. Like this, even somebody today was like, no, you're blowing this way out of proportion. I'm like, how far does that I mean, does that trickle down into, you know, where you are to where you're like, wait, I feel like that's that's not true.
2: I, I go by the old adage of honesty is the best policy. Uh, for yeah. better or for worse and so i feel like this is just like the perfect storm it's a election year um funds have already been cut from the public health sector they were they are continuing to get cut from the public health sector we ha- are an incredibly divided nation so here we are if my leader was a democrat saying that probably all my democrat democratic folks are going to say the same thing oh it's not a big deal it'll it'll pass Unfortunately, we don't have leadership that is honest but strong. You know what I mean? Like, just because this thing is coming and probably it's going to be bad, it doesn't mean that you have to panic about it. You know, there are ways that you can lead um, and keep people's confidence high.
0: So so what are you hearing now?
2: The same thing that I've been hearing now for a couple weeks, and that's these numbers are looking really bad. They're looking bad because uh, a lot of people can and probably will get infected, but just because they get infected it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It just means that as a society, we have to be more conscientious about things. And so what we're hearing is, all right, a lot of people are getting infected, so that means our ERs are going to get burdened, our hospitals are going to get burdened. You know, we need to just get ready for war, essentially.
0: Can you share some of those numbers with us, or what you can share? At- I mean, we were having a, a conversation, I think, uh, earlier this week, and you were talking about some numbers, and that startled yeah. me. Could you share some yeah. of those with our listeners?
2: Um, numbers I can share. The flu epidemic of this past year was terrible, one of the worst that I'd ever seen. Uh, there was maybe a two-week stretch in the mid middle of January, I believe, um, that I, I literally have never seen it to where every single bed in the entire North Georgia system was full. What does that mean? That means every single hospital in the Metro Atlanta, North Georgia area was gone, was taken by somebody. So what does that translate to? Imagine you come in and you're sick and you need to be admitted to the hospital. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. So typically the way that works is I'm like, all right, well, I don't have room in my hospital. Let me check, I don't know. Let me check Emory, for example. I call Emory, do you have any beds available for this person? No, we don't have anything. All right, let me call Wellstar. The entire Wellstar system, gone. Every single hospital system was gone from the flu. The flu epidemic of this past year had a few hundred thousand admissions to the hospital nationally, I believe. Don't give me, do not quote me on this, do not send hate mail. (laughs) I was actually
0: actually fact checking as you were.
2: Yeah, Um, check on Snopes. Uh, but with that epidemic, the flu epidemic, uh, we had no beds. With this, if the numbers do pan out with the coronavirus, with the COVID-19, we're looking at minimum tenfold more uh, more needs in terms of the number of beds. Oh, my God. But then you think about not just regular admissions, think about the ICU beds that are available, which are not many. Um, the number of ventilators that are available, we need probably three or four times as many. So, I mean, of course, these are all doomsday, like, you know, worst case scenario, but are they really worst case scenario or is that truly what, where we're going? So we're looking at a one to three percent. Some people say, depending on who you listen to, one to three percent mortality rate, even that one percent mortality rate, you know, if 10 million people get diagnosed with this thing and one percent of 10 million is a lot of people, I think. Yes.
0: So is this the calm before the storm or are we already in it?
2: I think we're in the calm before the storm. There are several studies that are looking at it and they're saying that we are roughly a week behind where Italy was the, about this time, which means that we're that far behind what they've been doing. So
1: Do you mean a week behind in preparation? In preparation
2: right. So and we we saw what happened there. Oh my you gosh. Know, so it it could be When they
1: said that I thought they meant we're a week behind I mean, I guess it's about the same thing, but I thought they meant we're a week behind in it spreading the way that it did in Italy. I didn't know they meant we're a week behind in the preparation that we should have been doing.
0: No, like Italy crapped their pants and we're about to do a full-on <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea in hours. Good thing you got the TPs. Yes, all of it. <laughs> the point is it's all going to come full circle. In, yes.
1: So as a doctor, I mean, what in what you're hearing in the hospital, what are you now preparing for?
2: I am preparing to get the COVID-19 myself. I, me and my family are ready to actually get it and we're okay with it.
0: Okay, that that's fascinating to me because I feel like there's a lot of people in this country who are who can't say that. Yeah. Why is it that you can say that?
2: Yeah, the majority of people that get it do have mild symptoms. And I am thankfully healthy. My wife, Laura, love you, babe, is also... Aww. If you hear this
0: before the end of the world... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what you're saying is the fear of getting it is actually probably m- worse than getting having it. it itself
2: no the for me the fear is I get it and I give it to people okay the fear is I get it and I give it to my mother in law or to my parents or to my sister to my friends. that's my fear mm-hmm. um my fa- you know I have a four year old little girl and I have a eleven month old little chunker of a man's
0: sweet little He's cheeks so sweet we've seen him
2: today destroying my life i'm not worried about my family you know we will self-quarantine we have already started doing that we my wife and i talked about it tonight before i had head over here actually and we're like you know i gotta go into work sunday night last week uh i wasn't really concerned about the few patients that i saw that i thought mm, maybe you'll have it maybe you won't but i've been off work for a few days and had they been positive, I already would have known by now, and all the helicopters would have come and landed my house
1: and <laughs>
0: telling me to go into. So you're pretty confident you don't have it. you don't have this thing. I don't have it right now. Okay, fantastic. Because we were so, super worried about I that before yeah. you came well, over. Yeah.
1: Okay, I think everybody who isn't showing symptoms right now assumes they don't have it, but this is about to show my my limited knowledge of the of medicine. Um, I thought that there is only a period of time that you have the flu that you're contagious mm-hmm. and that at some point you just don't have it anymore and that mm-hmm. you could go back around and be around people and, and that basically until you're showing symptoms, you're not contagious. And then as soon as you're not showing symptoms, you're not contagious anymore. Is that not the case? Not true. How, how different is this?
2: The problem is that we just don't know. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen 30-year-olds that are on ventilators, normal healthy 30-year-olds on ventilators from this. Why? We just don't know. We don't know enough. It's a novel virus, which means it's new. We don't know where it came from. We have theories. Was it bats? Was it raccoons? I don't know. It could have been anything. Was it made in a lab? made in a lab? Yeah. Yeah, Like there are conspiracy theories as well. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, who knows? But anything is possible. (laughs) Satan is alive. Mhm. Um <laughs> for yes, sure. You guys get behind me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um
1: I don't think we're very afraid of getting it either, although you did just say a 30-year-old was on a on a ventilator. So yeah. I'm actually newly scared, but no, I
0: took a baby aspirin this morning, so I should be sad for at he's least 24 hours.
1: Um we were watching the presidential mm-hmm. announcement news conference. T- today, yeah. the news conference. They were basically saying we are now giving full autonomy to healthcare professionals, um, doctors, hospitals to yeah, essentially have martial law. What does that mean for you guys now? What does that mean for you as doctors and as a hospital?
2: What it means is that it relaxes, uh, certain restrictions that we used to have. For example, I uh, am licensed by the state of Georgia. I cannot go to California, but now I can, Probably, if my heart desired, go to California and 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 serve there. If if there was that big of a need. So hypothetically,
0: oh, wow. so hypoth- I needed you to shove a straw in my trachea to save me. I could do you're, that anyways. You're...
2: Or for fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now there's no legal ramifications, so it's loosened the law. It's loosened the law for right. physicians, ER doctors. So if someone walks in and they're in the waiting room and they need care immediately, you can just go out and. I mean, pull a scalpel and do what you need to do. I've don't done that already.
2: Up. I mean, I've, I've actually done that already. In the waiting okay. give room? Us, yeah.
0: Give us details. Yeah, deets. Have you ever delivered a baby in no. the back of a truck no. in the parking lot? No. Well, actually. <laughs> what? You delivered a baby in the back of a truck? In the parking lot. Was it yours? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> I had to ask. I don't think it was mine. <laughs> it sounds like. It sounds like if that's a situation where like you've seen that on movies, but it's always yours.
1: Was that always allowed?
0: Well, the
2: law technically is, it's an MTALA is is the acronym of the law. It's if the patient is on hospital property, then we're required to treat
0: them. Okay. But it's loosened some of the, what sort of restrictions has it loosened for you? So you can practice, you know, interstate. I can do interstate, um, (laughs) perform experiments. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, Yes, it's it's lacks some of those laws. Um, some of the potential legal ramifications of people wanting to take malpractice action are going to be relaxed. Um, I could do procedures that I feel like I need to do that I probably wasn't credentialed to do before. Okay. I could probably do not that I would do them, but if I absolutely had to, I could do them.
1: So you could do brain surgery.
2: I could do a brain transplant. Could you really? How cool would it be to put your brain into your brain? Oh, oh my gosh.
1: gosh. I'd be have so you. efficient.
0: I would be way smarter. But
1: have you ever
2: that, thought about <laughs> the questions you're going to ask God when you get to heaven? Because I have. And one of my questions is, why is the, I don't know, why is the butt like behind? <laughs> like, why is it on your chest? or <laughs> Why is your
0: butt not on your chest? Yeah, like
2: think about it. every orifice is... you have is on your face, except for two why
0: that's true i have holes galore on your face i think so he
1: makes a fair point i
0: think because god understands the difference in wiping your face and wiping your butt when you're dying off after you get out of the shower you know what i'm saying you don't want to be that to be in the same area
1: but but also fair point it's more of a situation in the back and you can't see it so if it was on the front you wouldn't have as big of a problem i think
0: it was out of thoughts out of thoughtfulness for us that's what i think Yes. Wait, so this is what you wrestle with? I've never once in my whole life thought about, like, why is my butt on the back? Man, I wrestle with all kinds of things. Wow. He's a doctor. This is, I mean... I'm See, mean.
2: you think you're coming to see me for a cough, and I'm sitting here running through my mind. <laughs> that thought bubble is, why is your butt not on your
0: face? Wow, That's man. such... If you ever wanted to see in the mind of an ER doctor, this is what it is. Here it is. This is an exclusive. This is
1: basically an episode of House, where they actually had somebody... Whose stomach uh, rerouted. And so they pooped out of their mouth. There you
0: go. Okay. Um, on <laughs> I that watched note, a
1: lot of that show. <laughs> hey, that's that note, a real thing, actually.
0: I know, on that note, I want to bring <laughs> us back down to earth for a second. So uh, we know that this, anytime you have a pandemic, anything like this, the effect of this is going to go far beyond... Um, just medical. It's going to go far beyond the actual sickness, but it's really sort of the domino effect. And I want to get into really how this is affecting the economy in just a second, but how is this immediately in your mind affecting the healthcare system as a whole?
2: Oh man, sorry, my voice cracked because I'm apparently 12.
0: That's okay. Um, (laughs) We all are at some point.
2: Um, you know, we potentially are going to get to a place that our system will just crash. I mean, we are overburdening our system. And you got to think about it. All right. So check it. You come in and you are asking about cough, right? Well, maybe you have COVID-19. Maybe you don't. Probably, most likely, it's a mild disease. But now you've come into the ER. You've infected everybody around you who may or may not be as healthy as you. But not just that. If you are sick and you come in, And you're one of those people that got infected by somebody who's healthy. And now you're taking up a bed in the hospital that probably could have been avoided. But what if you have a heart attack? What if you get into a car wreck? What about all these other people that are going to need to be cared for during this issue? You are not the only one, you know, with the COVID-19 that need a bed in the hospital. So it's a domino effect, Um, not only with resources, with beds, but think about manpower there's only so many physicians, there's only so many nurses, there's only so many number of masks. You know, people, you people are out there, I'm gonna call you out right now, they're out on Amazon buying N95s. You don't even know what to do with them. So now we have people in the hospital like me that are gonna have to reuse these masks with people that actually are gonna be infected with this disease. But then think about it this way. Yeah, there's only so many physicians, emergency room physicians in the state. What happens to our system when the physicians get the, the illness and have to be quarantined themselves? Then what? So you got to think about how important these masks are. Think about how important resources are. Uh, gloves, masks, think about the number of beds. You know. There are so many
0: components of this. We're gonna bring Ask Jeeves back. That's yeah. a, that's what we're gonna do. Are you
1: concerned? Are you concerned that the same thing we're seeing just out in the community right now, where people are buying three hundred and fifty rolls of toilet paper not us. when not us for sure not us who don't need that many, and because they are panicking, they're probably well meaning people, but they're panicking, and so there are people that just need toilet paper for tomorrow, and they also can't get it. Are you worried that? the same behavior is going to show up in the hospitals?
2: Oh, completely. I've had people come in. Our hospital had put out wipes and gloves and hand sanitizers and whatnot. You wouldn't believe it, but people were started stealing them. Yeah, they just take it. Yeah.
0: I don't understand. No, I went into Krogerton. Like, I picked up the whole thing by the front door, took it all out. Of it. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, kidding. But uh, uh, I did I did generously apply.
2: There you go. You can do that.
0: No, but that's... Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible, so... And is that, in your mind, coming from a place of misinformation? Are we just ill-informed to where we just think we need all these things? We are
2: afraid. That's just the way it goes. We are rational as a species until a certain point, and then we just lose our minds. And that's what's happening.
0: So what should the general public know? Like if you could, I mean, here's your, here's your chance to, to give your PSA.
1: Yeah, what do you know that you're pretty sure we don't know?
0: Like if we're out there buying up all the M95 masks and you're like, hey, you don't need that. Like, we obviously don't know something.
2: So it's an n 95 mask.
0: What did I say? <laughs> what did I say, M? You said M95. I think See, M95 is a we gun. We are just proving
1: how much is, we need humor, no, Dad. No, this is
0: exactly my point. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. I don't even know what the dang thing is called. I don't have one or toilet paper. I think M95 is a gun. It might be. I don't have I'm not a gun owner. This. Me neither. But the, the, the point is, I'm not an ER doctor. But what is it that we don't know that we should know?
2: Um, in this beautiful nation of ours mm. that is so free, you know, we have all these liberties. We pride ourselves as Americans that, you know, who are you to tell me that I can do this? You know what I mean? But where we fail as a nation is the same thing is that when there and we luckily we haven't had to deal with issues like this that many times in our history none in my lifetime and so we don't really know how to act which is kind of crazy to say because what I'm essentially saying reading between lines is we don't know how to be civil. Mm. I'm not any better than y'all out there. Uh, I'm just another dude trying to make it. I just happen to know something about this. So when somebody's telling you hey, probably you don't need to get on that $100 flight to Italy I mean, hundred bucks round trip to Italy is basically, I mean, it's talk, enticing. We I'm talked about
1: it. I, I got, we did discuss it.
0: We did. I thought about it. The, that's the flight notification. <laughs> letting you know it's flight time. Now.
1: Time to check in. Time to check <laughs> in.
0: Check this? your bags because it's well, the last flight you'll ever take.
2: I responded to my wife's text message with a middle finger. I think
0: I oh, no. <laughs> I was this is doomsday, baby. Amazing. It's doomsday. Tell You're in the middle of saving the world.
1: You are saving yeah. the
2: world. I'm so sorry. This is terrible. I Who's, can't believe I did okay. that. Okay.
0: You honestly ruined the whole podcast.
2: Sorry. That was the incorrect text. <laughs> All right. So the most important thing. Limit your exposure to the outside world. If you don't need to go to Target, then don't go to Target. Just because the Cab County schools are closed doesn't make it a field trip to the, to the zoo. We are doing our civic duty by staying at home because, to your point earlier, well, maybe you don't know that you have
0: the virus. I already went to the zoo pretty recently, and it <laughs> was really depressing. I mean, you think it's going to be, a? I mean, as a side note, it's like this black rhinoceros is a beautiful endangered animal. It's sitting there in, you know, yeah, majestic, strong, and it's like sitting there in a soppy old little quarantine area of his own. Okay. So So six feet of separation.
1: Is that even humanly possible? Of course it's
0: humanly possible. Think about it.
2: I go from the hospital into my car. I close the door. I close the door. I get in my car. I drive to home. I get into my garage. I close the door. Into into my house, I have to open another door to get into my house. There's, Say
0: you're hungry on the way home.
2: I will go and get food from places that I feel like I can trust,
0: like Checkers. Oh,
2: checkers is so good. It's really not because I've never had it. No, okay, not Checkers.
1: But you can't you can't maintain six feet difference from your patients.
2: We're sitting like an inch and a half apart. Yeah, you're right
1: very now. close to us
2: you know, either way you spin it, it doesn't make any sense. The only thing that makes sense in my mind is, well, how about we just listen to people that might know what they're talking about? So if I should stay home, what is one month even or two months even out of the entirety of your life to stay at home? If you have a family, if you have a wife, you have a girlfriend, if you have a dog, and just hang out with them and get to know them again. And so I actually think it's a good thing for society to stay home.
1: What if you're single and you live alone? Well, I'm just saying emotionally, like from a, from now a mental health standpoint, you're sort of- I'm really glad you it, said that. It could be so hard and lonely. And I've thought about that
2: actually. And if I really need people to be around me, then you say, all right, if you're everybody's working from home and you have a buddy of yours that's getting quarantined, and you're already quarantined, let's all quarantine together. I know it sounds funny
0: and stupid, but- No, it's, it sounds great. But- we already made an agreement. That if I get it, we're just gonna give it to each other. Like, yeah, we're, we're just, just gonna just, make it. Well, you'll out. have no choice. If you get infected, she'll have to say. Yeah, home. but
1: like we'll just go for like just so. be like <laughs> you're sick, just kiss me a bunch and and I'll get it so that we can just, just get it over with at the same nice. time. State uh night.
0: Not but, uh elbow
1: elbows. There
0: go. <laughs> okay. I do have another question. <laughs> can okay. I ask qu- yes. so for <clears throat> for a country like China, who we saw, you know, and South Korea both be very successful at stopping the progression of this thing. Why were they so successful at slowing this down? And could the U.S. follow suit the way that they did?
2: So I think the first thing we have to do is realize that we cannot make light of this. You know, we talked about this a little bit earlier in this that you said, well, what's the difference between now and two weeks ago? And I think my response was something along the lines of, well, two weeks ago, people were laughing about it. Mm -hmm. And here we are, crapping in our pants. Um, What i found is my Asian brothers and sisters are more conscientious of their communities than we are as Americans and it sounds really weird to say that um, but I think it's true and they're just better listeners Uh, we are not good listeners here for all the blessings of freedom that we have in this nation we don't listen to our public officials if they're telling us to do something or not do it
0: so how much of this is coming from the top down as opposed to from the bottom up so for instance, in China, it seemed like it was just mandates. Hey, we're taking a very aggressive approach to this. We're getting people off the streets. Yeah. You're staying in the in your homes and you don't have a choice.
1: And, they, and it seems like they said it from the very beginning, whereas we were told not to worry about it for quite some time. So it's not even surprising that people are slow on the uptake.
2: So Singapore has done a marvelous job of public health in this situation. They also have put much more funds into their public health sector. Whereas here it's not there. Like we don't have any funds in the public health sector, Uh, but also they were just more vigilant about it. Whereas here for whatever reason, whether it's a political reason, whether it's a, you know, let's just pretend like it doesn't exist. Ignorance. I don't know. There's so many different things that could be, I have my theories, but, We
0: just don't listen.
2: I think that's what I found. I mean, I'm I'm at Aldi today, and I'm like, why are this many people at Aldi when you don't need to be? I know you don't need to be here today.
0: Should we be more concerned about the public panic or about the actual pandemic?
2: The public panic is significantly worse than the pandemic itself. The pandemic itself is bad. I don't want to make light of the disease. The disease is a bad disease, hence why... You know the disease came first, and then the rules and regulations of what to do and what not to do in Asia. Right, if you're a person that lives in Singapore, in this country we have it almost backwards. Let's see how bad this thing gets, and then maybe we'll tell you that you should stay home. That doesn't make any sense. It um, seems reactive. It's we are we are we have traditionally been reactive as a healthcare system. We've been reactive in this nation. You know we are incredibly good at putting. Um, stents in people's hearts when they've had heart attacks, but we're terrible at telling them, dude, probably should I lay off those burgers. Right.
0: Because there's no money in preventive care. Well, we want to do what we want to do too. It's, you know, it's, we were it's a a nation founded on freedom and freedom, exactly. of drugs, which in a lot of ways comes with a lot of pros and things that I love, but it also, you know, comes with some cons. As
1: a, as a doctor, um, from what you just said, it, it, there's no money in preventative care. How does this pandemic affect Health insurance.
2: It's it's a trickle down effect. So think about it. You are a middle class upper middle class person, middle class person with decent health insurance because you work like the majority of people are, and you get this COVID-19. And even if you have to get hospitalized, meh, not the end of the big deal. But you were so insistent of going to the movies to Target, I don't know, somewhere. Now you've interacted with this other person who may not have health insurance and they're a single mother, and they have to get hospitalized as well. Or maybe not even hospitalized. Maybe they just need to go. Maybe they have asthma, and they get a flare-up, and now they have to go to the emergency room and get a treatment. Now they're slapped with a $10,000 bill, all because you had to go to Target for no apparent reason. But you, you, you understand how there's a trickle-down effect. Everything we do is interconnected with everybody
0: else. Yeah. Gosh. So it's, it goes back to what you were saying a minute ago. Like You're not necessarily scared for yourself. You're scared for others.
2: I'm terrified for others because we're not being good listeners, as I tell my toddler.
0: So this might have changed and it might change by the hour, but I'm interested in the actual price of the, of the test, like the test to see whether or not you have the COVID-19 virus. I've heard different things. I've heard the CDC will pay for this test, but I've heard if you go into the hospitals, the hospitals have to bill somebody. So what is the price of this test? And is it cheaper for a different place, different places that you go?
2: So the current recommendation is do not, I repeat, do not go to the emergency room, your urgent care, your primary care, your veterinarian, I don't care. Do not go there in order to get a test because you feel like, man, I just want to get tested. my toe hurts. I just just want to make sure. I want to make sure I don't have this disease. Do not do that. Feel free to go to the emergency room because, well, feel free to go if you're obviously having respiratory distress. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe or... I'm elderly and, and I'm, you know, for whatever reason, you you know, when you're in distress and when you're not, then by all means, definitely go. Um, but, um, do you not go to the ER because, uh, A, we're already getting inundated by all kinds of things. I don't need you to be there. And, you know, if you want to wait eight hours in my waiting room be, to be seen when you don't need to be seen, and then just to get back there for me to yell at you because I'm so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not coming to your, to your <laughs> waiting room.
1: Like, don't give me a doctor. I'm not that God.
2: guy that's going to just smile and, and treat you like a customer. You're not a customer. You're a patient. Um uh, so even though my employers might get mad at me. If
0: some, no. So trying, you're saying there's, there's these people I'm who they know. have the sniffles and like, I just want to be sure. I just want to double check Don't do and they're, that they're taking up a hospital space. You're taking up space. Okay. Here's yeah.
1: a potentially irresponsible question. Let's say I get it. Okay. I'm pretty sure I have it, but I fully intend to self quarantine. Do I even need to go get the test?
2: Call your telehealth company and use them because uh, for the obvious reasons, you know, space and you don't have to physically see them. Um, you're just wasting resources when you're doing that. So just stay home for 14 days. Yes. So,
1: so basically what you're saying is if I think I have it, if I intend to quarantine myself for 14 days, there is absolutely no need for me to go get tested.
2: Correct. I should I, just
1: assume I have it and stay away from everyone.
2: I had a patient two nights ago. Yeah. Two nights ago via telemedicine. And this person said, hey, my, uh, this person said my spouse uh, or my partner, whoever it was, is diagnosed, but they live with them, was diagnosed with COVID-19 a, a couple of days ago. Do I need to go and be tested? And I said, no. What are your symptoms? He, the person said, no symptoms. All right, cool. Quarantine, 14 days. Because you live with them. Mm-hmm. So chances are that you probably had you should just consider yourself, positive for the, for the virus and stay quarantined for 14 days.
1: What are the signs that it is absolutely time I need to go in?
2: I think if you have a fever that's uncontrolled with your ibuprofen or Tylenol, um, I think that if you have severe shortness of breath, um, I think the shortness of breath, not the cough necessarily, but the shortness of breath is, is one of the t- kind of the bad signs of it. Um, then it's time to go.
1: Okay.
0: So I'm going to ask the the million dollar question. Obviously, this has had an effect on our healthcare system. It's had an effect on our personal lives, our work. I mean, our sporting events, our NBA, NCAA, everything. Um, Our economy, our stock market is probably the worst it's been since 2008. This is the question in everyone's mind right now. And I don't know if there is an answer to it, but how long is this going to last? So we don't know. Um, which is the easy answer, but I'll give
2: you some numbers. Um, we're thinking probably three months, two or three months, if we actually do what we're supposed to do. Um, at worst, it could be early 2021 at worst, if we're just like the proverbial poop hits the fan.
1: (laughs) And so you mean before it's gone it's run its course before and we it's can
2: no longer resume around. our normal li- yeah before we can resume our normal lives um but we're thinking probably two to three months that it's going to be so uh, that's a nuisance.
0: that's best case scenario two three months or
2: i think that's the most likely scenario
0: okay
1: so does that mean in two to three months you go back to work schools back in session and you're maybe as likely of getting it as you would have been to get the cold
2: yeah because some people will still get it Right. Um, that's just you know people get flu and the but in the not like but not like this no.
0: Kind of moving over into application like practically speaking, what yeah. the heck does this mean for the person listening to this? Um, we know we should be washing our hands, you nasties. Wash, wash <laughs> your hands. I, I sing a lot of ha- fun fact. Every time I wash my hand, I sing Happy Birthday, and I always choose to sing it to myself. Me too. <laughs> I always go Happy Birthday to We're me. Such millennials. <laughs> I really like. Um, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson.
2: Oh, okay. That's a good one. The chorus is Miss Jackson. Can yeah. about give us yeah. a verse? I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I am for real. I like that one. I'm gonna do
0: that next yeah. time. I apologize million times. I, I, I stay alive, stay alive. Oh. That's what we
2: use for um, teaching CPR.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: yeah. Have you seen the Office episode about that? I have not. I've There's... never watched the episode of Office. Oh, okay. Well. <gasps> I'm, I'm not even going to pretend like I'm the <laughs> biggest fan of The Office. No. I just have seen that. I Okay, so practical handles. We know we should be washing our hands. We know that we should be limiting our contact with other human beings. Um, but what else should we be doing to protect ourselves, and like you mentioned, not just ourselves, but others that we might come in contact with to protect them from this virus? What should we be doing?
2: I want you all to leave here understanding, one, that there is hope. This is not a doomsday situation. But two, to understand that we have a strong social responsibility. You need to ask yourself the question of what am I doing to be a asset to this or to be a detriment to this? How am I helping my neighbor? How am I helping my family? If you don't need to go out, then don't go out. I mean, this is not a vacation. This is is a sacrifice. This is a sacrifice. This is your civic duty. This is just stay home. And Netflix,
0: and not and chill. listen to podcasts. Like, learn listen a podcast. Learn a new skill. Listen to the Generation Y podcast. I yeah. don't know.
2: I don't know. Do something good with your life. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just you know, just stay put and hang out. Get to know your family. Get to know your friends that are staying with you. Check on your your friends. Check on your family sure make sure that they're doing fine call them and because some people are like you know what then we have the opposite of of people that are just want to go in and be seen for whatever reason mm-hmm. people that are just like no i'm going to stay home i'm not going right just call them and check up on them yeah you know let's take this and show the world that america is not divided that we can actually make this a unifying thing even though we're all quarantined in our own houses we can still be unified as one america this is not a partisan issue. This is a one America issue because we're all affected. The virus doesn't care what who you voted for.
0: I love that. And just practically speaking, mm-hmm. just give a free telehealth you know outreach right here. Yeah. How about two parts? What should we be um, taking medically, mm-hmm. or you know, um, food wise? I don't know what should we be taking or doing preventatively. preventatively. And then if we do come down with this, what's the best medication we should be taking if we have it?
2: If your hand sanitizer isn't at least 60% alcohol, it's, it's pointless. If it's mostly glitter and water, (laughs) then it's pointless. And you know who you are (laughs) brand. You know what?
0: Should Um, we, should we be taking like vitamin C? So yeah.
2: So the the preventive stuff otherwise to take, you can, it's not going to save you, man. I'm sorry.
0: Um, so don't waste your money.
2: I wouldn't waste my money. I mean, stay hydrated, sleep well, You know, all the immune boosting stuff, the chiropractors are out there making a killing off of people. And I'm like, you realize in order to get your adjustment to give you a, quote, immune boost, just expose you to Jonathan who has COVID-19. If you're
0: out there, Jonathan, you snake. Jonathan. Go into the chiropractor. Selfish. And here you are. Actually, no, if your name is Jonathan, we'd love him. But
1: I mean, is there, I mean... I know we're stuck in, I know we're stuck inside, but is there a benefit to like drinking green juice, eating a balanced diet, getting, getting good sleep, uh, maintaining some measure yeah, of totally. exercise? Is that all, would that all give you a better chance, a better fighting chance why, when you do get infected? Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I'm, um, hundred percent on board and the studies do show that, um, decreasing levels of cortisol in the body which is contributed to stress mm-hmm. um is is good for your immune system um but i don't want you leaving here saying all right well i took my vitamin d <laughs> vitamin C shot i'm good to go give me yeah. my mm-hmm. herbal oil of choice and i'm good to go and i love my essential oils and my alternative medicine sure. and all that mm-hmm. and I, i'm a do by training so i love all that stuff but I go by, by what I know, what I see, what's been proven and that stuff is great, but it's not going to save you. It's for a
1: quote, real quick for our listeners who don't know, because I mean, we definitely know, but maybe they don't. What is a, what does DO stand for? Oh
2: yeah. Great question. Um, so there are two types of physicians in this nation. You have MD and DOs. The MDs are obvious. Your DOs are doctors of osteop- totally o- Obvious. Yeah. Yeah, medical yeah. doctors. So they're medical doctors. Yeah. I, correct. We knew that obviously. Mm -hmm. So they practice from a school of thought called allopathic medicine. I come from a school of thought called osteopathic medicine. So a doctor of osteopathic medicine, which you wouldn't know if you go to a hospital, who's who? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just my schooling. Uh, We pride ourselves on more of a holistic approach to medicine. It's kind of a mix. It's, it's a, we're trained on the same thing that MDs are trained on, but then we're given some more hours
0: of holistic medicine. So this is just kind of the last thought I have before yeah, we up? we wrap up and I, and I'm just interested in you and the rest of the people who work in hospitals, doctors, CDC, um all sorts of of officials and and people that are in positions like that. What effect has this had on you personally um going through something like this?
2: Um I'm I'm hopeful. I'm taking away from this that I was put here for a reason. Um and this is what I'm called to do right now, at least, and hoping to make the best of it. That's great.
1: Um, Murdad, we are so grateful that you were here and you took the time to share this um, information with us. Do you have any thoughts you want to leave our listeners with?
2: Um, yeah, just I want to just kind of reiterate the fact that this is not a moment in history that we can just say, you do you, I do me. Like that mentality is off the table right now. But just for a couple of months, probably. <laughs>
0: then after that. So
2: then you, after do that, you, you do, you, you, do, you. do, do you. Exactly. You go back to uh, for but, now, basically,
1: yeah. like reach into your deepest levels of humanity and just like truly love your neighbor right now because yeah. it isn't just about you. And if we right. want to come out to the other side of this where you can do you and I can do me, we can all go about our own business. We have to get through this period first. Yeah. And we have yes. to make some we all all have to make some sacrifices and just find ways to entertain ourselves
2: you hit the nail on the head that's exactly right yeah i love it
1: we are so so grateful that you were here this was very fun very informative
0: very scary and hopeful yes at the same time well hey as always guys if you've got any questions about this we would love it if you would send those our way and you can do that at Jin y podcast uh, on instagram that is G-E-N-W-H-Y podcast. So you can go there on Instagram and then just post your questions in any of our uh, grids or in our story. And then we're actually going to reply to some of those questions. And if you've got questions for Murdad, um, we're friends, we communicate. And so we'll ask some of those and he'll respond to those to you as well. You can uh, send anything that way. And uh, as always, we will be back next week with another episode. And until then... Well, Cla- stay say, sweet. Say, <laughs> stay alive, America.
1: <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye.